Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Wonderful. Well, we're going to uh, get right into it this morning. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, I would love for you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 145. I want to speak about the power of praise this morning. And uh, who knows that praise is something that uh, many of us would be familiar with, but uh, there is something powerful about praise. And, uh, and so I want to really bring a teaching around that this morning because I believe that God gives us praise as a weapon and as a key for victory in our life. And so I want to bring that encouragement this morning and uh, really believe that that's going to be for some people this morning. So why don't we open in prayer? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, we just honor you in this place, God. Lord, we ask and invite your presence here to come and move to draw people to yourself, to encourage them this morning. God, we make way for you to do the things that you want to do in our lives. God, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts. Lord, we might have been in church for a long time, but there's still more to learn about your goodness and, Lord, the weapons and the keys that you give to us. And so we invite you to do that this morning. Anoint my words, God. Come and draw people to your heart this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. And all these people said? Wonderful, wonderful. Let's... uh, Let's read this scripture. I love it. Uh, King David, the psalmist, writes in Psalm 145, it says, and I'm reading from the the Passion Translation, it says, My heart explodes with praises to you. Now and forever my heart bows in worship to you, my King and my God. Every day, everyone say every day. Every day. I will lift up my praise to your name with praises that will last throughout eternity. Lord, you are great and worthy of the highest praise. For there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. Your magnificent splendor and the miracles of your majesty are my constant meditation. Your awe-inspiring acts of power have everyone talking. I'm telling people everywhere about your excellent greatness. Our hearts bubble over as we celebrate the fame of your marvelous beauty. Brings bliss to our hearts. We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. What a great psalm. King David's writing these words, and and I love reading this because, you know, it just seems so over the top, but, uh, but who knows that we serve a God, an extravagant God who deserves extravagant praise? A couple of people. Who knows we serve an extravagant God who deserves our highest and our most extravagant praise? I don't know what your understanding of praise is this morning. Maybe praise to you is the thing that happens as you're getting out of your car and sort of making your way into church. Ooh, I just went there. I can do that because I'm the worship pastor, right? And, and I have the wonderful privilege of standing facing this way while everyone's facing this way. And I get to see all you beautiful people, lovely faces rolling into church, sometimes on time, sometimes late. 
And I'm not judging you because I'm sure you have good reasons, but maybe praise for you is that sort of that warm-up moment in church. Maybe praise to you is that music, the songs, some of the songs that, that are so wordy that you sort of try and keep up with them. Or maybe praise is something deeper than that. And I believe biblical praise, the praise that God gives us as a weapon and as a tool and as a key in our lives is something so much more than that. This morning, I want to preach a message called Praise Your Way to Your Breakthrough. Praise your way to your breakthrough. I love that David finishes here in the end of verse 7. We shout with ecstatic joy. When's the last time you shouted with ecstatic joy? That's extreme, right? That's over the top. We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. I don't know if you need a breakthrough in your life. I don't know if you need a miracle. But I wonder today whether you'd be willing to shout with ecstatic joy to lift up God's praises way over the top, to get crazy in His presence because you're believing that God's going to come through for you. He has a breakthrough for you and I, and I believe that we need to praise our way to our breakthrough. So what does praise mean? We often hear these terms, praise and worship. We sing this song, I raise a hallelujah. You know, what do these words actually mean? Well, well, actually, praise means to boast or to shine. It originates from the word hallel, which means to praise, to boast, to celebrate, to shine forth. And, and so we, we get the word hallelujah, therefore, comes from this hallel, to praise or to celebrate, and ya, meaning God. And so we understand when we sing hallelujah, I raise a hallelujah, we're actually saying we raise our celebration of God. We raise our praise to God. We want to declare His goodness. That is what we're singing. I wonder whether that's what you're singing this morning. See, I love it. It, it, I mean, as I read this psalm, it's not something that is just private. I know some people would say, I I, I live out my faith. You know, my faith is private. And I get that. But there's something about this psalm that stirs my heart because David starts to go public with his praise to God. He starts to talk about the fact he can't stay quiet about it. He's telling everyone about God's marvelous deeds. And I wonder whether God right today and right now is saying, hey, I want my people and I want my church to start to discover once again the power of praise. I want my people and my church to start to shout publicly to people around, we serve a God who is good. We've been declaring that, right, this morning? And we serve a God who is loving, who is gracious, who is faithful. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I think that is something people need to hear about, right? I wonder whether there'd be people that would start to stand up and realize there is a a sound that needs to go public, to celebrate who God is, to honor and lift Him up, to praise Him. Psalm 89 verse 15, it says, Blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise, who shout on parade in the bright presence of God. Delighted they dance all day long. That's a long time, right? Give us a wave if you've ever danced all day long. Robbie, I've never done it. Robbie's the only person here that's done it. 
I reckon I could get through probably about 10 minutes and I would just be tired. But I'm trying to work on my fitness. I'm getting my steps up this year. Anyway, just people are looking at me just weirdly. That means physical exercise, you know, you know whatever. Um, it says here, delighted, they dance all day long. They know who you are, what you do. They can't keep it quiet. Do you hear the theme running through Scripture here? I mean, I'm going to preach and I'm going to try and sort of keep it fairly short because I want us to go into a moment of lifting up God today. But I could literally, as I dive into Scripture, preach a 10-week sermon on what the Bible says about the power of praise. And I want it to get into our spirit today because God wants, He gives it to us as a weapon and as a key. And if we start to activate this in our life, I believe we're going to see victory and breakthrough in all sorts of situations as we put God first and honor Him, even in those crises, even in those storms. See, do you know the password of praise, church? Do you know what sort of praise unlocks the presence and the power of God? See, it goes beyond music. It goes beyond words. It goes beyond singing some songs. Praise is a powerful thing. And today I want to look why the Bible says it's so powerful. I've got five points this morning. My first point this morning, why praise is so powerful is, number one, praise calls down the presence of God. Praise calls down the presence of God. It says in Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. See, praise and worship is like the, the gate pass to access the presence of God. It says here, come into his courts with thanksgiving. This year, be a person of praise. This year, have a grateful heart where you say, no matter what I'm facing, I'm going to give thanks to God. Because right now, I'm, uh, as I read this scripture, it is the thing that unlocks the presence of God in your life. The Bible says in Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, God inhabits the praises of his people. Maybe you've struggled to feel the presence of God. Maybe at times you've, you've doubted. Maybe at times you've been like, I've been coming to church, but God, I don't know whether you're real. I don't know if I sense you, if I feel you well. If you feel away from God, if, you, if you're saying, I want to know God's presence, well, then the Bible here is giving us a very simple key. God inhabits the praises of his people. So if you're feeling away from God, if you're feeling dry, if you're saying, God, I want to know your presence, I want to know if you're real, well, then begin to praise him. Begin to sing, begin to shout, begin to dance, begin to honor him, and it says his presence will come into your life. The first thing why praise is so powerful is praise calls down the presence of God. The second thing why praise is so powerful is that praise breaks the chains around our life. Praise breaks the chains around our life. Is this all right this morning? Anyone with me this morning who believes there is a weapon and a power in praise? Come on. Acts 16 tells us the account of Paul and Silas. They were locked up in jail. 
not for anything that they did. But there, it actually says in Acts 16, they were in jail for proclaiming and preaching about Jesus Christ. In fact, they'd seen a miracle as they delivered a young girl and uh, her masters weren't happy about it because there was a certain income that came from her acting in this behavior. And so they, this mob came around them and threw them in jail. And I love what it says in Acts 16 verse 25 because I don't know about you, if I was in jail particularly if I was in jail for something that I felt was not my fault. I don't know about you, but I'm maybe a little bit more sort of human or carnal. But I'd start to grumble a little bit, I reckon. I think I'd be like, God, you know what? I started to preach about you. I started to do what you'd asked me to do. And these people grabbed me, put me in jail, threw some chains around me. But that's not what Paul and Silas did. It says in verse 25, it says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. What an amazing story. In that moment that they had every right to start to grumble. They had every right to start to think, woe is me, I, this is just unfair. These people, I, I, I healed this girl and they've thrown me in jail. I stood up for God and now look where I am. And I love this, this analogy, this metaphor, because it says in the midnight hour, right in the darkest moment of night, these men make a choice. We're going to start to pray and we're going to start to praise. Now, Pastor Matt next week's going to speak around the vision, but we're also going to start to speak about a time of, of praying and fasting and believing as a church for breakthrough. These men that day made a decision to pray, but they also made a decision to, to start to sing hymns and praises to God, even though they were surrounded in prison. By these bars and these chains, they started to lift up their hearts to God. And see, they understood the secret of how to lift up their heart out of a troubled time was to sing praises, to pray and praise. And I wonder if we can be reminded today what God says in Scripture that we too have an opportunity. We can either focus on the problem, we can focus on the situation, we can look at the chains that are holding us back, or we can start to pray and we can start to praise and say, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to start to pray and I'm going to start to praise my way to my breakthrough. Do you have chains holding you down, church? Do you need a breakthrough from, from areas of addiction or sickness? Well, let me encourage you today, begin to praise Him. Begin to sing. Begin to shout. Begin to lift Him up. The third reason why praise is so powerful is praise defeats the enemy. See, we do have an enemy. Sometimes we don't speak about it, but the Bible speaks about it. We have an enemy. And Satan doesn't want to hear you praising God. In fact, he wants to try and make out that he's won. But we know, and the power of praise is that it declares that God has won the victory. See, see, Satan is so deceitful that he wants to try and present a certain image out to the world, like the church is on the down. 
like Christianity's on the down, like God has, has gone on a holiday. He's not, he's, he's not real. He's absent. And the enemy wants to try and deceive people like he's in control. But praise declares the truth that God is in control and that he has won the victory. And we need to start to rise up understanding that praise defeats the enemy. See, when we're under attack, we need to let praise be our first reaction. I love the story in 2 Chronicles. It tells of the, the children of, of Judah. You know, Judah means praise. And they found themselves under, under attack, outnumbered by the hostile armies around them. And the king comes to God and he says, God, I need, I, we need your help. And the Lord assures them. He says, I'm going I'm to go into battle on your behalf. And he instructs them to start to step out, to send their armies in. But he instructs them something quite, what I would think is quite strange. He says, send your armies out, but, but out in front of your armies, send the praises, send the worshipers. Out in the front, send them out declaring, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22, it says, Now when they began to sing and to praise. When they did what? When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were destroyed. I've watched the odd war movie read a few things about strategies of war. I don't think I've ever, other than in the Bible, seen this as one of the main strategies for war. I mean, I get rallying up the armies. I, I get trying to trick the enemy somehow, I, 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 you know, blindsiding or, or whatever. But I've never heard a strategy where you say, hey, we're going to send our army out, but before they go out, let's gather some musicians, let's gather some worshipers, and let's start to sing worship out the front, because that is where our victory is going to be found. But see, yeah, come on. See, see, God doesn't work the way that we work. We try and battle in our own strength. We try and work it out in our own ability, but God does things differently. And sure, we don't battle with against flesh and blood. We don't have the armies coming to attack us like the children of Israel did in the Old Testament. But, but God is trying to teach us something. That there is a power in praise. There is a weapon for us in our lives against the attack of the enemy when we begin to lift up God's praises. I don't know what you're facing I don't know if you've been under attack lately, but the Bible says we need to start to sing out our praises. Because when God's people begin to praise His name, it sends the enemy running. Point number four, why praise is so powerful. Praise breaks the silence. See, just flowing on from that point, the enemy wants to keep you and I silent. He wants to keep us silent. He wants to try and, and keep everyone fooled. But we need to proclaim the truth. We need to uh, allow a, a sound to start to, to rise up, to declare that God has won the battle. He has won the war, and He has our victory in His hands. 
But see, not only that, the enemy hates praise because it actually reminds him of what he was called to do. See, Satan himself was called to be the chief worshiper in heaven, bringing the praises and worship to God. And because of pride that came in his heart, he didn't want his, his praise to go up to God. He wanted to be the focus of praise. He wanted to be the focus of worship. And so because of that pride, he was sent out of heaven into hell. And don't you understand, church, why he hates you and I praising God? Because it reminds him that he has lost the battle, he has lost the war, and that God is on the throne, that God himself is the only true focus of our praise. He is the only one who is truly worthy of our greatest worship. It reminds him that he's lost. See, we're all being created to worship. We tend to focus our worship, our praise in different things, but we need to be reminded today, we need to come back to make sure that God gets the worship and God gets the praise that he deserves. Don't allow the enemy to keep you silent. Not only does he want to keep you silent, but the thing about praise, and my fifth point, is that praise allows faith to have the loudest voice. Praise, as we begin to lift up God, as we begin to praise Him, as we, we start to not focus and magnify the situations that we're facing, not, not magnifying and focusing on the obstacles, but we start to magnify God, then it allows faith to have the loudest voice. Not doubt. Not fear, not these obstacles that we might face, but we need to allow faith to have the loudest voice. We stand, sometimes confused, and it's okay. Sometimes we don't have all the answers, but we come to God with genuine and real hearts saying, God, I don't know why I'm facing this situation. There's been people in our church facing terrible sicknesses, terrible tragedies, and we stand to believe together. But when we start to praise God and say, God, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to choose to praise you. I'm going to choose to lift you up. Then we activate our faith and it becomes a weapon in our life. Church, we need to rise up, start to take back, start to claim the power of praise as a weapon in our life. God, I choose to magnify you. I choose not only to, to, to sing some songs, but I'm going to shout, I'm going to dance, I'm going to declare your goodness until I see my breakthrough. Joshua chapter 6 tells us the story of the children of Israel. They'd been walking through the wilderness, and God had given them a promise, a promise of of a, of a great land flowing with milk and honey. It was a promise for them in the generations to come. They had promised land, but they came to the place where they faced Jericho, this fortified city and the great wall of Jericho. And God speaks to them once again to remind them of the promise, but He gives them a strategy to defeat the enemy. He says, I want you at the start of each day for seven days to gather the armies to march around the wall of Jericho. But once again, we see that he gives this key to the children of Israel. He says, I want out the front of the army for you to send the priests with the trumpets. And as they march around the walls of Jericho, I want them to play. And I want them to proclaim the victory of God. And so they walked around the wall. 
For six days, they walked around the wall. And then on the seventh day, God said, on this day, I want you to, to walk around seven times. Because God was reminding them that, that they needed to. And when Joshua gave the command that they were to shout, for the Lord had given them the city. And Joshua chapter 6, verse 20, it says, And when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, and when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Does that blow your mind? These are not fairy tales. These are not mythical, make-believe stories that someone just wrote down. This is a, an account of history, what God did as the children of Israel began to praise, began to shout. And again, you might not be facing a literal wall, but there are walls in our lives. There are chains in our life. There are obstacles that we're facing, and God has given us a weapon against those things. He has given us the weapon of praise. He's given us the weapon of worship that we can face those walls, those obstacles, and start to shout, believing and declaring that our God has the victory over that situation, that our God has the strength to even break down something that seems so hard for us to overcome. We're going to shout about it. We're going to lift up our victory. We're going to praise until we see our breakthrough. See, it was praise in the presence that went before the victory. Said the priests went with the trumpets. Said they carried the Ark of the Covenant representing the, the presence of God. It went before the army. It went before the battle. And it went before the victory. What a great reminder for us today. God wants us to look at our situations, even our battles, even our obstacles, and begin to say, I'm going to be someone who praises. I'm going to be someone who takes the weapon of praise, believing that as I praise, I'm going to praise to my breakthrough, and God is going to battle and fight on my behalf. So there's times where we rest in God's presence. There's times where we're quiet and we're, the Bible says to be still and know that I am God. But there's other times that we can't be quiet. There's other times that we not need to start to shout. We need to start to lift our voice. We need to lift our praise. We need to lift a shout of faith and a shout of praise, believing that as we do so, God is working on our behalf to bring the victory into those situations. What are you facing right now, church? What are you facing in your situation, maybe in your family? God is saying He wants to give you the breakthrough. Not only that, but praise breaks us out of the place of silence. Praise breaks us out of a place of doubt or defeat. It says in Isaiah 54 verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. See, the Bible tells us here that the one who's experienced barrenness, not a literal thing, it's talk, talking more metaphorically, there's a barrenness in their lives, is to sing, is to shout, is to rejoice. And that is where they will receive their breakthrough. Sing, O barren person. 
You might have a barrenness in your life, but God is saying, as you begin to sing, something is activated. Faith is activated in your life. Because you start to declare, hey, I might be facing barrenness. I might be feeling a heaviness. I might be feeling an emptiness in this area of my life. But I'm going to start to believe and praise and start to declare that, God, you're going to bring life into that situation. God, you're going to bring fruit into that situation. You're going to do something to change that situation as I begin to sing. It really challenges our, our own nature, doesn't it? It doesn't make sense at times, but God is saying, if you would unlock these weapons and these keys, then God will do something in your life. When you're barren, it doesn't make sense to sing, to burst into song, to shout for joy. It doesn't make sense. But I believe that this is a key for us to lift our eyes and say, God, even though I'm facing this situation, I choose, I make a decision to praise you. And in praising you, I believe this becomes my weapon to unlock the breakthrough in my life. Can I get an amen this morning? It says in Psalm 30, verse 11, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy, that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh my God, I will give you thanks forever. Isaiah 61 verse 3, it says, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Again, let me remind you, let me encourage you, you might be feeling like there's a sense, there's a weight, a burden on your life, maybe a spirit of heaviness, maybe even barrenness in your life, but God is saying, I want to give you a garment of praise, put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Start to realize that I will give you the oil of joy for mourning. I will turn your mourning into joyful dancing. God wants to turn around the situation and it will happen as we start to praise. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.